Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. It's Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King. And for the coach, Bob Lovell, who again is back with you for season number 30 of this program. High school football season is right around the corner statewide. Again, coming up at 1030, we'll be with Greg Rakestraw to talk about the North-South All-Star Game from the IFCA. That happening tonight, as Parker alluded to in his update. Right now, though, we got to get an update on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We'll head up to the 574 to chat with Darren Pritchett from WSBT Radio, Sports Radio 960, WSBT up in South Bend. DP, I think this is a good version of like a jersey swap because I went on your show like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Now you come on this one, so it's good to have you, my man. Always good to be with you, BK. Always good to be with you. Hey, man, before I ask you about Notre Dame, I just want to dive into All-Star Week, how you're enjoying uh, this week, the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. How much do you get into it nowadays uh, as, of course, you've been a fan for a long, long time. I love it, but I wish we could go back to having the teams wear their uniforms because, honestly, mm. I follow baseball as closely as you do, which is a lot. And sometimes you couldn't recognize the players until you got an up-close look because they all looked kind of the same. So I know merchandising's a big thing, but I kind of go like to go back to seeing the Cub guys wear their uniforms and the Sox wear theirs. But otherwise, hey, baseball's growing strong. The game is... I mean, 30 minutes off the game now with the changes and more offense, it's just a more enjoyable game right now. It is. And how crazy is it for you? Because back in 2019, we had the Midwest League All-Star Game in South Bend. Wander Franco was the starting shortstop for the East in that All-Star Game. And you flip on Fox this year, and there's Wander Franco taking an A-B in the All-Star Game. And really, that shows you, Darren, 2019-2023. That's not very long for Franco, who's still only 22 years old. He's just so incredible. Jeremy Pena's got a World Series ring already after being in that game. BK, I think I've counted on those all-star rosters. There were nine players that at least I called in Midwest League action through the years, including our very own Justin Steele, formerly the South Bend Cubs, now the Chicago Cubs. Heck, BK, we're getting to the point where we have to say he's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. It's unbelievable, and he's getting all kinds of media attention. That was awesome with his young son on the red carpet that – They share a birthday. That was pretty cute. But, hey, man, want to dive into the Irish as we are in the middle of summer. Of course, camp's already open, and before you know it, things will be kicking off at Notre Dame Stadium. So I guess, Darren, my first question about the Irish is, as we sit right now on July 14th, just what's on your mind most for this football team as it's going to be a pretty unique year in college football with the last of that four-team playoff? Yeah, BK, my thoughts probably two weeks away from fall camp starting is this, and I've been asking this question this week to some of my guests. We know Notre Dame is better at the quarterback position with Sam Hartman taking over for Buckner and Pine. No one's going to disagree with that. My thinking is, are the other 21 starters combined better than last year's team? And I still have to find out if if this group is going to be better because you lost the heart and soul of your defensive line which is going to be very difficult to replace. you got to trade out two veteran offensive guards for two new starters. 
So there's a lot of holes that we have to see filled. Safety has been a big concern. They brought in a kid from Rhode Island. His name's Anthony Antonio Carter, hmm. who might be a starter for this football team. So not many times we're talking about a kid from who is playing at Rhode yeah. Island coming to Notre Dame to play football. So there's some holes. Once we see him play, maybe all this goes away. But I'm just I'm kind of a nine and three guy right now with this team. Darren Pritchett's our guest from WSBT Radio in South Bend. Darren, nine and three, I think, considering the games you have on your schedule, that makes sense. But is that good enough? when it comes to Marcus Freeman entering year two of this job? Oh, the, the fan base who eat and sleep and drink Notre Dame football every single day, every minute of the day, they expect 12 and 0. So they're not yeah. going to be satisfied, but you know, considering you've got a brand new offensive coordinator who was at West Virginia, who kind of called plays, but kind of didn't. So we really don't know what he's all about yet. I just, there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty. I was more comfortable with last year's team mm. at this point compared to now, except the quarterback position was the big question mark. It really isn't this time. I'll say this, BK. One thing that stood out with the ACC opponents that Hartman has played recently that are on the Irish schedule, the last nine games combined against those teams, he's thrown 16 interceptions. Mm. That catches your attention, including three picks each of his last two games against NC State, and that's Notre Dame's first true road game coming up in week two. Darren Pritchett's with us from WSBT Radio. Darren, you know how the show goes, hard out, so yes, can sir. you hang through the scoreboard update? We'll come back next. Absolutely. Sounds good. Darren Pritchett and I will be back after this scoreboard update with Parker Webster to break down more Notre Dame football. We'll also get into some Major League Baseball. What in the world is going on with the National League Central? That question will be answered after the break as we head up to South Bend to get the picture on what's happening with the fight in Irish here on IST. Brendan King and for the coach Bob Lovell, scoreboard update with Parker Webster right after this. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hello, and this is another scoreboard update here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Parker Webster taking you through here tonight as we start off with MLB scores currently happening right now out at Wrigley Field. It's the first meeting of the season between the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs with the Red Sox red hot up 7-3 to in the top of the eighth with one out. Javier Assad is at the plate. On the mound, pardon me, with one strikeout already as he continues to deal as the Cubs try to get out of this one and get this game back into contention, trailing 7-3. to Currently still in rain delay in the bottom of the third and with two outs, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Washington Nationals game still going nowhere with the Cardinals holding a one to nothing lead as we check over with the Cleveland Guardians in the bottom of the seventh inning up against the Texas Rangers with a 4-3 to score. Guardians currently leading as we continue on with more updates here with the Chicago White Sox being pummeled by the Atlanta Braves 9-0 to today. The White Sox record now 
38-55 and with a 17-30 and record on the road. Continuing on here, more action happening around the MLB tonight. The Baltimore Orioles up 3-1 to against the Miami Marlins. The Orioles currently holding a 54-35 and overall record and a pretty good homestand with 26-18 and this season. Continuing with the New York Yankees trying to get back up on their feet, trailing the Colorado Rockies 4-2 to in the top of the seventh with one out. As for Network Indiana Sports, I'm Parker Webster. Back with you on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King in for the coach, Bob Lovell. We welcome back Darren Pritchett from Sports Radio 960 WSBT up in good old South Bend from the 574 chatting some Notre Dame football. Darren, we were just getting done chatting about Sam Hartman and what this season can mean to him. I know you mentioned before the timeout that you sort of felt better about last year's team minus the quarterback but now that you have the quarterback that question is at least answered but there's still room to round out but specifically about Sam Hartman what can he do most for this fighting Irish team this year well I'm hoping BK he brings stability to the quarterback position first and foremost which he should considering what he accomplished at Wake Forest and watching tape of Hartman at Wake Forest even though it was in a different offensive system, a system that I don't think NFL executives liked him in. They want to see him in more of a pro-style offense, so this is a great opportunity for him. But the one thing about Hartman I really enjoyed, he was willing to stand in the pocket, take a hit, and he loves to throw the football down the field. Now, you could argue that Wake Forest had better wide receivers than Notre Dame had last year. Wake Forest didn't have Michael Mayer at tight end, so that's a, that's a, a big, big part of the equation. But I think Hartman can get the ball down the field, which is something Notre Dame has not been able to do for a couple of years. And with the possibility of having an outstanding running game, you mix the deep ball with a running game, and all of a sudden you have a chance to have an offense that's going to score a whole lot more points this year. The quality of opponent, Darren, that he's going to see is – really enticing to me because last year I remember watching as I just pulled up their schedule that double overtime game against Clemson they lost 51-45 but you know besides that not a whole lot going on with that ACC schedule how do you think he's going to take that adversity having to see an Ohio State having to see a Clemson and of course the big one USC you know what I don't think it's going to phase him a whole lot he's been in a lot of heated situations you mentioned taking on Clemson I think he's been a quarterback that has had a lot on his shoulders if you think about it talent wise how many times you see Wake Forest in the top 30 in the country in recruiting so Wake Forest put up some big offensive numbers credit to their coaching staff and credit to Sam Hartman who I think was really good at Wake Forest at making people better around him and I'm hoping that's also the case here in South Bend so I'm not overly concerned about Sam. I think he's going to handle things very well. He's going to have the best defense he's ever played with in his collegiate career, which I think, again, takes a little pressure off of him. I know he probably is is feeling all the the talk that all of a sudden Notre Dame's now got a quarterback, and can they make a push to the playoff? I, I don't think he's going to be affected by that talk. He's got a job to do. He wants to impress the NFL scouts. I mean, he wants to win football games here. Don't get me wrong. But in order to be an NFL prospect, he's now in a pro-style offense. And i got to be honest with you, BK, when he came to South Bend, things that he had to learn that you take for granted, 
He had to get under center, which he didn't do at Wake Forest unless it was in the victory formation. <laughs> he was not in a huddle at Wake Forest. So you have to get the play call from the sideline. You have to deliver it in the huddle. So even though we take those things for granted, it took a little time for those things to become comfortable for Sam. And at the end of spring, he looked really, really good. So I'm very optimistic about him. And again, that deep ball threat is going to make this offense look a lot different. Darren Pritchett's our guest from WSBT Radio up in South Bend. Darren, at the end of last year, I had some unreal thoughts about the running back room just when you think about Audrick Estime is going to be back and you're going to get Chris Tyree even though he's kind of switched between running back and wide receiver you're going to get C. Jajarian Price finally well then Logan Diggs transfers of course to LSU how big of a loss is Diggs to that running back room but also at the same time how dominant can that running back room be this year because that was one of the highlights of last season sure absolutely I'll look at it a couple of different ways as we sit here today I would call it a significant loss just from the standpoint the guys ready to take his spot have not had the opportunity to perform at Notre Dame. So even though I'm very confident in them, BK, that they're going to be fine, including I think Jadarian Price is going to be special running the ball and catching the ball. But right now as we sit here today, Diggs is a massive loss. You talk about Batman and Robin, Estime and Diggs, Hmm. that's an awfully good combination. So losing Diggs is a big blow, but if these new guys, I shouldn't say new guys, but guys with new opportunities can step forward and do the job, then I think it lessens the blow. I think it almost, BK, hurts more from a perception standpoint. The perception is he left to go get the big payday. And I think Notre Dame is struggling how to tackle the NIL situation. And this is Darren's opinion. This isn't Marcus Freeman's opinion or Jack Swarbrick's opinion. This is just a dumb old broadcaster in South Bend's opinion. (laughs) I think right now they might be more willing to give out those NIL dollars to a veteran player who has been there and done that, a.k.a. Sam Hartman, than go out for like a five-star defensive line recruit from the Catholic League in Chicago, Justin Scott, who just committed to Ohio State. That's just my hunch. But it is something they're going to have to figure out. And let me just throw this into BK really quick. Yeah. One thing that concerns me going forward besides NIL when it comes to Notre Dame is undergraduate transfers. The old coach, Brian Kelly down at LSU, he filled spots he needed filled with nine undergraduate transfers. It just doesn't work like that at Notre Dame. They've only had three since that started. It's just so difficult with the credits and getting into Notre Dame you know, without a degree, I think that's very challenging. And if you have a hole in your football team that you could fill by bringing in this sophomore from wherever, that's a major, major advantage. And that concerns me more than anything else. Marcus Freeman and his staff are recruiting very well. They've come up on the short end of getting those five stars so far. But otherwise, they're recruiting very well. But you can recruit and develop. But there's still going to be a time there's a hole in the team that you might be able to fill with a great player that is very difficult to do considering the standards right now. It's Darren Pritchett with us from WSBT Radio in South Bend. Darren, last thing on the Irish before we talk a little baseball to end this. Sure. Is, again, this is asking for Darren's opinion here. Is, in a perfect (laughs) world, is this a handoff from Sam Hartman this year to C.J. Carr under center next year? Very interesting you say that because this week I listened to an interview from the individual in charge of director of scouting and the rankings at on3.com, 
which is tied in with Blue and Gold Illustrated, who covers Notre Dame here in town. And they have C.J. Carr ranked much lower than 24-7 sports ESPN rivals. And the guy went on to say he likes C.J. Carr. He just needs to see him play better in game situations and seven-on-sevens and drills. He looks great, but he needs to, in his opinion, be a little more efficient. In those comments, he said Kenny Minchie, who they signed last year, who they flipped from Pittsburgh, with this quarterback cycle being weaker, he said Minchie would have been a top 100 player this year. And in his opinion, I think it's Charles Powers' his name, he believes Minchie might be the future quarterback for the Irish over Carr. That's hmm. one person's opinion, but that definitely caught my attention. And that is, I would say, an opinion that's in the minority. That is very interesting. Darren Pritchett, our guest here from WSBT Radio in South Bend. Darren, last thing about the current state of the Major League Baseball standings. I pose this to you as what is more surprising, the fact in the NL Central that the Cardinals are 11 and a half games back and Cincinnati is your outright leader heading into the All-Star break, or that the Boston Red Sox are in dead last in the AL East and they're 48 and 43. As I'm walking in my backyard with a phone in my hand wearing a Cardinal T-shirt, <laughs> I think you know which direction right. I'm going to go. I'll just say this. St. Louis has made decisions the last few years that finally has caught up to them. When you need a middle-of-the-order bat, you get Marcelo Zuna with a bad shoulder, and you give up Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen, that doesn't look good. When you trade Randy Rosarena without giving him a chance to play mm. and get Matthew Libertor, that doesn't look good. You designate for assignment Adalas Garcia, who's now an all-star for the Rangers. BK, that doesn't look very good. No. And with the staff filled with contact pitchers, I think their model is broken, and they're going to have to fix some things within the way they analyze and buy pitching because they don't have anybody that can strike anybody out. And you know in today's game, yeah. you've got to strike people out. So I think they're in an interesting spot. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. But credit to the Reds. They flipped Luis Castillo to Seattle and got prospects. Hey, Darren. Yeah. Hey, we got a hard out, but I appreciate the time, brother. You're the man. See you later. Thanks, Bye. Darren. <laughs> we start off this Network Indiana Sports scoreboard update, checking in with the Indianapolis Indians, who are currently putting up some fireworks in the air out in Omaha to the Omaha Storm Chasers. 13 hits, 13 runs, three runs for the Omaha Storm Chasers. They're in the bottom of the seventh with the Indians having three straight innings, putting up one run and a big inning in the middle of this game at the top of the third, putting up five runs, a big name that was a part of this all. Andy Rodriguez, three for three at the plate tonight with five RBIs. The Indians leading 13-3 to out in Omaha as we take a look at the Fort Wayne Tin Caps who were in action today against the Great Lake Loons falling short 3-2 to as the team again will play the Loons to Tomorrow, continuing on here with your MLB scores, checking out with one of the hottest teams hitting in baseball, continuing to show that here tonight. The Boston Red Sox come into tonight's game with the fourth best team batting average at eight and 
as they have an 8-3 lead in the top of the ninth to the Chicago Cubs. It's a three-game homestand in Wrigley, at Wrigley Field as the Boston Red Sox continue to hold that lead with zero outs in the top of the ninth. Continuing on here as we look at the St. Louis Cardinals and the Washington Nationals game is still in a rain delay as we go ahead and look at some of the other games in action still at play is the Minnesota Twins and the Oakland Athletics that just got started recently with the Twins leading 2-1. to one. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Parker Webster. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, Brendan King sitting in for the legend coach Bob Lovell. Coach is back with you just under a month from now for high school football season, taking, oh, 20, 30 calls a night. We're looking forward to having coach back in the big chair. But a voice you will also hear often on this program all summer and into the fall is Greg Rekstraw. And listen, in the one of the most light, professional sports weeks there is you can't keep a good man down long greg rakestraw still find some work and it's in the ifca north south football all-star classic we welcome greg rakestraw on ist right now rake how was the call tonight my friend call was interesting uh because the game was ended early because the sides were kind of getting a little uh, chippy and yippy at each Ooh. other uh, at the end of the game so i actually called the game with four minutes left to go uh south won this one handily by a score of 21 to 2 just a night where the North could seemingly never get anything going offensively. Obviously, two points came from a safety. It came early in the game. It was a night with minimal you know, first downs for the North offense, a couple of big plays in the passing game, a couple of missed field goals as well, but never truly threatened the end zone. And while the South wasn't spectacular, they had an advantage in terms of their quarterback and Nick Patterson, who was named as the player of the game. Patterson's going to play at uh, Saginaw Valley State of the Division, two-level uh, he played at Mooresville High School, had a fantastic career. But tonight, you know, all-star games tend to be high-scoring affairs. It was not the case this evening. It was kind of a ground-and-pound, grimy kind of defensive game that the South has kind of wore the North down in the submission tonight. Rick, I was just about to ask you about Nick Patterson from Mooresville, voted most valuable player. What impresses you most about his line of work? Well, Patterson is, is really what you would say is that dual-threat quarterback uh, in terms of, now, I think he combined for, for 38 touchdowns in 11 games this year, 23 of those in the air, 15 on the ground. You know, he plays for an offensive genius in Mike Gillen, who is amongst the five winningest head coaches in the history of Indiana high school football. Uh, and, and so he gets – he had a little offensive freedom at Mooresville. It has certainly benefited him. He goes about 6'2 and 225. I think there are some schools that wanted him to play maybe linebacker or tight end. He has been pretty steadfastly set. He wants to play at, at the quarterback position. And Saginaw Valley State plays a really high level of football. They play in the GLEAC Division II, uh, and that has had perennial powerhouses like Ferris State and Grand Valley State uh, over the course of the years. Three teams in that league qualified uh, for the Division II playoffs last year. So uh, it, it's a great league he's going to. I don't, I don't think he sees the field maybe his first year or two on a regular basis up there, but I do think he's a kid that down the road can play at what is – you know, one of the higher levels of football outside of Division One. Yeah, man, Grand Valley State football, no joke. But that's where Brian Kelly got his career started. IFCA North-South Football All-Star Classic. Greg Rankstraw had the call. He's with us right now on IST. Rake, I'm going to ask you a similar question that you ask me when I call in for minor league baseball. Any other names on your mind that you think those listening to this program should have and should know for this upcoming year? Well, you know, what's interesting is the fact that, you know, because of the change in the way – College athletics is administered, and this has really been over the last, say, 10 years, you know, where, where the kids get on campus now in mid-June. You know, even if you're a, a winter sport athlete, 
you know, the basketball kids report around Father's Day weekend. The football kids are, are kind of like that too. Uh, and so we don't tend to see the level of players that's going to IU or Purdue. You'll see a handful of like the one AA slash FCS kids. So we saw some Indiana State kids, a couple of players going to Southern Illinois or Eastern Illinois, young man that's going to play at the Naval Academy, uh, big man that's going to play at Dartmouth, Cameron Davenport on the defensive line. So usually in a game like this, it's, it's not a matter of seeing pro prospects at this point. You know, those guys have played in the past. I can think of one of the first years I did the game, one of the star players was Dustin Keller, mm-hmm. who would go on to play at Purdue, and then for many years the New York Jets in the National Football League. I'm not sure we see that level of kid in this game now. But what we do see is a lot of really good high school football players and kids that mostly go on at the small college level, play Division II, Division Three, and NAIA, and we see those kids play in this game. What we also see, though, are a handful of kids who are going to play their last football game was tonight. You know, kids that are going to go maybe the trade school route and, and not play small college football. Or they will go to a larger school and, and elect to not walk on. And, and so it's, it's interesting dichotomy. You know, I'd say 75, 80% of the kids that are playing tonight know they're going to camp, you know, in, in a couple of weeks. And 50 to 20% know I'm literally taking off the helmet and shoulder pads for the final time. Hmm. So there's always some very unique storylines in this game. Greg Rakestraw is our guest here on Indiana Sports Talk. Rake, just about 10 or so days away from Indianapolis Colts training camp getting rolling. Your schedule about to get even busier, if that's possible, with your <laughs> post-game show duties. Hey, when you go out to Grand Park and you watch your first Colts practice and you get to see Anthony Richardson put his hands on the pigskin, what's going to be on your mind most? What are you going to be looking most out of watching Anthony Richardson take reps? Just, just his level of comfort. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, the arm strength, I think there's no question. The speed, there's no question. Seemingly in the intangibles, in terms of likability and, and, and kind of buy-in amongst you know older teammates, I think that's going to be a problem. It's, it's simply going to be the lack of experience he's had and his ability to be able to process things quickly. So it's interesting to think of, you know, hey, from the leadership standpoint, the kids got it. The athletic tools, I think the kids got it. Those are kind of the two hardest things to come by. Uh, you know, for him, it's just a matter of, of getting game experience. And so as the preseason voice of the team, I hope it translates to more action of the preseason. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great for me. Uh, it'd be great for everybody involved. Um, but, but I think it's just the number of reps he gets and what he does with those reps in practice. I think you can say every snap is important for him. Not that, that he has to prove something immediately, and I don't think it's a lost cause if he's not the starter day number one, but I do think there will be a lot of scrutiny, uh, and I do hope to see improvement from him almost on a day-in and day-out basis because he's simply that young, I think, as a football player. Greg Rakestraw, our guest here on IST. Rake, you know we got to get in a baseball question. i guess got to give some props to your Cincinnati Reds because, of course, going into the All-Star break. In first place, a game ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers. With your red legs and Ellie De La Cruz, he looks anything and everything like legit and the future man of Cincinnati. Uh, what excites you most about this current state of the Cincinnati Reds? Because, look, man, looking at their minor league system, too, they're just going to get a whole lot better. Uh, that is what's so great to see. Uh, because, you know, they, they have, you know, frankly, in the last 10 years, had more years where they've been good than they've been bad. Um, the last two years, obviously, the exception. And when you have that, that shortened 2020 season where anything kind of happened, but you have a player like Trevor Bauer, and a little did we know kind of the off-field stuff that would develop with him immediately after his tenure with the Cincinnati Reds. 
But you have a playoff team, you have a Cy Young Award winner, and then you basically just you know start pawning off pieces in the offseason. That was why Reds fans had kind of said, all right, we've had enough, and, and we're not showing up for games. And the last couple of years was largely a witness protection program uh, <laughs> down in Cincinnati. It floors me, and I mean this in a kind way, to see how crowds have gone from four or 5,000 to 45,000 in a span of a month. It's great. You couldn't give tickets away at the beginning of May, and now you can't find a seat in the middle of July. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like that. Forget it for the Reds, but just for any team. Normally it's because there, there's some you know draft pick or there's some big trade you know, the, the, the hot minor league prospect, to use the old Colin Cowherd term, that usually brings some folks to the park. It doesn't sell the place out. It kind of shows you how starved Reds fans have been, but also how much they believe in the crop that they have put together now. And seemingly, Ellie Cruz does, you know, De La Cruz does something that just makes your jaw drop each and every night. He's unbelievable. Hey, as a Cubs guy, I can tell you, Rake, that I'm happy for you. Hey, before we let you go, uh, Indy 11, what's up next? A little bit of a break this week? Well, so the men are off this weekend, but I'm glad you asked because the big news tonight is the women won against San Francisco 3-2, and they are hosting the W League championship match next Saturday at Carroll Stadium. So there is a doubleheader next Saturday at the mic. One ticket gets you into both matches. The W League final. Indy 11 against the North Carolina Courage, U23 at 2. Then Indy 11, men against the Tampa Bay Rowdies at 7. I will have the call of both of those next Saturday, 2 o'clock match on ISC, the 7 o'clock match on on, on WRTV Channel 6 and ESPN+. But the Indy 11 women in their second year will play for a championship next Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a hell of a weekend for you, Rake. Thanks for taking the time tonight, my friend. We'll see you soon. You got it, BK. Thank you. Greg Rakestraw, our guest here on Indiana Sports Talk. Plenty more to go here on a Friday. Parker Webster coming up next with a scoreboard update. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's 1045 here as we sit just atop the Circle Center here downtown Indianapolis. So we go ahead with another scoreboard update. We start off things with IndyCar. Got a busy weekend coming up as we have practice today. Going ahead and looking at the driver standings headed into the Honda Indy Toronto that will take place on Sunday. Leading the way comfortably with a score of 377. It's Alex Pillow followed up by Scott Dixon with 267 points. Joseph Newgarden, Mr. Indy... Uh, 500 in third place with 261 points. Marcus Erickson in fourth with 255. And Pato Award in fifth place with 250. As today's practice results are in, Kyle Kirkwood had the best time with Romain Grosjean following in second. Felix Rosenquist in third. Colton Hurt. 
Herta in fourth, and Scott McLaughlin in fifth. Practice number two takes place tomorrow starting at 10.35 a.m. as they continue to get ready for the race scheduled this Sunday, July 16th, starting at 1.30 p.m. Continuing on, we got NASCAR coming up as well with the Crayon 301. William Byron leads the way in the NASCAR standings, followed by Martin Truex Jr., then Kyle Busch in third, and Christopher Bell in fourth, and then Ross Chastain in fifth for your NASCAR standings as we continue on checking back in with our friends out in Omaha. The Indianapolis Indians continue to wallop on the Storm Chasers, leading 13-3 in the top of the ninth inning. As we continue... As that'll do for this scoreboard update here. Brendan King coming up for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Parker Webster. Back to baseball we go. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King sitting in for Coach Bob Lovell. Joining us now, he is the play-by-play voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the great John Nolan, up from Midland, Michigan tonight, where the Tin Caps are taking on the Great Lakes Loons. Comeback win tonight for the Dodgers affiliate, the Loons. 3-2 the final Great Lakes over Fort Wayne, John Nolan with us right now. Johnny, late comeback by the Loons. They're the first half champion, and, man, they've been great all year. Yeah, they have. It's crazy. The Dodgers have been the class of the National League for about a decade or so now, and yet they continue to have one of the best farm systems in baseball, too. So, actually, uh, tonight you had that NL West rivalry out here in the Midwest with Fort Wayne being a San Diego Padres affiliate. And, you know, a uh, tough one tonight, giving up a couple of runs in the lead in the ninth inning. But uh, the Tim Caps have been playing uh, some great baseball for basically uh, two months now. As a matter of fact, if you dial it back, since May 14th, uh, this Tin Caps team has a record of 33 and 17. So, uh, thanks to the the records resetting midway through in the minor league season, uh, the Caps right now actually in first place in the East Division here in the second half. Yeah, John. If you guys keep on playing the ball that you currently are, it would be a first round matchup against the Great Lakes Loons if you guys are able to go on winning the East. No. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, that said, uh, probably the bigger loss for the Tin Caps today was not on the scoreboard. Right. It was on the transaction wire. And so the top prospect in the Midwest League so far this season has been Fort Wayne shortstop Jackson Merrill. He was just 19 on opening day, uh, now 20 years old, and now he's in double A. So the Padres uh, promoted Merrill, who had the top batting average in the league since the first week of May. And on top of that, maybe even more impactful, honestly, Tin Caps also lost uh, their top three starting pitchers. Adam Major, who last year was the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year at Iowa, as well as Jairo Iriarte, uh, a guy who had thrown six no-hit innings as part of a no-hitter earlier this year, and Ryan Berger, a West Virginia alum. They're also all the way up to to double-A. And uh, Marcos Castagnon, an infielder who is leading the league in slugging percentage and ranking high up there in home runs and RBIs. They're all up to double-A, so it's a... going to be a next man up kind of approach here for the tin caps down the stretch with um you know almost two months left in the season john nolan our guest the play-by-play voice of the fort wayne tin caps yeah john a lot to unpack there with the amount of guys that were called up to double a and look that's the way minor league baseball works but it doesn't work all the time in the way that happened to you guys Uh, just quickly on merrill what do you think he can be how what is his ceiling as a big league shortstop yeah interesting because uh, we've been spoiled with talent here in this state between uh, the South Bend Cubs and the Fort Wayne Tin Caps lower levels with some really uh, tantalizing talents. I mean, the Tin Caps have had Fernando Tatis Jr. and Trey Turner, and those guys really have uh, some lightning quick speed, or in the case of Tatis, also the power. Merrill is more of just a very 
steady player, doesn't do anything necessarily exceptionally loud. He projects to probably be a 20 home run hitter uh, in the big leagues, but he's got really tremendous, I guess I would say, bat-to-ball skills. Uh, Seldom strikes out, even as one of the youngest players in the league at this level. Doesn't make highlight reel plays at shortstop, but he's really solid down there, too. So it's kind of just a matter of just being a classic, good-at-everything kind of player and uh, not someone who's going to beat himself. So uh, Merrill is special talent. That said, the Tin Caps still do have, depending on what list you look at, now a top 50 or so prospect in baseball and 19-year-old left-handed pitcher Robbie Snelling. He was just recently promoted to them from the lower level uh, in the San Diego organization. So uh, Jacob Marcy, a Michigan native out of CMU, Ethan Martorella, a first baseman out of Cal. There's still some some top-tier uh, prospects that the Padres have on this Tin Caps team. So, um, yeah, not for a shortage of prospects now, but just don't have quite the uh, the treasure trove that they did heading into the week. John, we're right up against it here on a break. Can you hang through this quick timeout, come back, talk more Tin Caps? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks. Sounds great, brother. John Nolan will be back with us after this timeout on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Everybody in action tonight, Cubs, Tin Caps, Indians. We'll break it all down in the 11 o'clock hour, but right after the break, More with John Nolan after this. Closing out the 10 o'clock hour on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King in for Coach Bob Lovell. Back with John Nolan, the play-by-play voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. The Caps up in Midland, Michigan this weekend, taking on the Great Lakes Loons, falling tonight 3-2. Johnny just got done talking about perhaps the future of this Tin Caps team this year. I think one name that's super enticing, of course, in that San Diego Padres farm system is... The 17-year-old Ethan Salas, who made his pro debut as a 16-year-old with low eight, Lake Elsinore, and, man, it's incredible. Batting 259 with six homers and 25 ribbies at low A. Kid 17, his older brother Jose is a top 30 prospect uh, with the Minnesota Twins organization. So this long-bearing question, would the Padres challenge Ethan Salas in a way to send him to Fort Wayne possibly to end the year? Yeah, wild question, right? But you can throw it out. And for anyone tuned in right now who hasn't yet heard about this phenom, Ethan Salas, uh, here's a chance for you to kind of like impress your friends here down the road. Because <laughs> just like if you had seen Fernando Tatis Jr. as an 18-year-old, you were really ahead of the curve. Uh, now that said, yeah, Salas is a name who's seemingly going to, to take over uh, the game. I guess he's been compared to Joe Mauer who had a Hall of Fame career with the Twins. I've heard him called the the Venezuelan Joe Maurer, and you referenced uh, his brother, coincidentally now a Twins prospect, too. He's got a a father who played professional baseball, I think an uncle, too. So that's part of the reason why, even though he's just 17, and if he uh, was coming out of the United States instead of Venezuela, then, you know, he'd be more worried about, uh, you know, going to the movies on a Friday night with his girlfriend than trying to hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball or something. But, uh, yeah, you know, when he was signed as a 16-year-old, you would have thought, okay, he's going to be uh, two at best, maybe a few years away from making it up to Fort Wayne. But, um, you know, he's thriving right now. So uh, we just saw today the Padres promoting 20-year-old Jackson Merrill from Fort Wayne up to double-A uh, in their system. So they certainly like to be aggressive in pushing young players. I, I still probably wouldn't count on it because I think catcher is a unique position where yeah. – Part of the job there is handling a pitching staff, and uh, you know it's not as easy just to be uh, thrust into into that um, 
midway or at this point it would wind up being really down the stretch of the season. Uh, however, yeah, I can never say never. It certainly does seem to, to be in line to at least be in Fort Wayne next year, again, if not uh, later on this season. John Nolan, the play-by-play voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. John, about 45 seconds here, but just want to get your reaction from the All-Star game in Seattle. Names like Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Wander Franco, guys we've seen in the Midwest League before, Julio Rodriguez, Adley Rutschman. I mean, these young guys, really, John, are taking this league over. It's pretty exciting. It's so cool. I mean, think about it. A guy who wasn't necessarily in this year's All-Star game but looks to be a fixture going forward, Ellie De La Cruz. He was just playing in the Midwest League at Fort Wayne, at South Bend, just last year, uh, the Tin Caps just had a relief pitcher from last year's staff, Alec Jacob, uh, get called up to the Padres for the first time. So, yeah, here at this high A level, and certainly fans down in Indy know uh, well with the, the Pirates AAA team being there and guys going back and forth to the big league team. But uh, you get affordable family fun and the future stars of the big leagues. He is the best. John Nolan, play-by-play voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. John, appreciate the call. Talk to you tomorrow night. Sound good? Yeah, BK, keep crushing it, man. Thanks a lot. You got it, brother. John Nolan with us here on IST. Top of the hour scoreboard update with Parker Webster coming up next. It's the final hour of work on a Friday evening. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King. We'll close out this hour with some baseball plus some Colts football. But first, five good minutes right now with Parker Webster.